Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 40. In this show, we will be reviewing UFC 2. 50 and previewing UFC on ESPN Plus. I versus Calvillo. Yes, that's actually a main event. Uh, I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind. Here with Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope Just Went on Twitter. Also follow the show on Twitter at MMA for Money Show. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I can't complain, man. Uh, stoked to be alive and be here with my family. Wish we did a little bit better on that last UFC, but just didn't seem to go our way. But that's the game, and uh, luckily we had a little bankroll saved from the last wins, and uh, didn't hurt so bad. But we'll be focusing uh, to get some better snipes here and uh, just focus to do better for you guys. Absolutely. Always trying to do better for you guys and getting the most entertainment, sh- entertaining and well-received show we possibly can. Well, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. The MMA4 Money Show is here. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feeds. We are also on YouTube, both full-length shows as well as smaller tidbits to get your quick fix. Subscribe to never miss a show. Like, comment, and share. It's how we spread the word, how we get everyone learning about us. You love the show. Other people will love the show by all means keep spreading up to them we're going to jump right into ufc 250 which was not too kind to us but you know what there were some good classic fights on there that we'll go over uh the first fight of the night with the continuation of the burns domination uh evan dunham fought gilbert burns brother herbert burns herbert burns got that first round rear naked choke it was just super quick super filthy just got into transition to his back almost effortlessly and just locked in that choke Dunham visibly distraught after the fact obviously Mike any few further intake outtake personal take on this first fight of UFC 250 yeah, well, it was nice to see Herbert Burns go in there and uh, get a win, but it it didn't come out with some uh, a little bit of controversy or a little bit of uh, struggles because Evan Dunham uh, hit him a few times and showed him that he was in another league. And so, um, yeah, he got the submission and yeah, he got the win. But I mean, I I see his striking from what I saw with Evan. There's some some major holes, and yes, he's young, so I hope he fills those get fills those holes with some good striking, um, offense or offense and defensive work with his coaches. So hopefully he gets that, and if if not, if he fights a a, a good jujitsu guy with even better striking, then it's going to be a nice spot to fade him because uh, I didn't see the striking that I wanted to see. Completely agree. He for sure does not have the striking of his brother at this point, not even close. But here's hoping that the seeds are there to eventually get to that point. But Evan Dunham was a good test uh, for him here. Next up, Alonzo Menafield was a decent sized favorite, minus 220 uh, over Devin Clark. But Devin Clark was the one who pulled out the decision. Uh, Menafield was landing early and often, swelling up Devin Clark's eye, something fierce, but. Later found out Devin Clark had a broken orbital bone from that those shots in the first round, but he rallied 
and just clearly won the second and third and got the decision. Probably the most entertaining thing of the night is hearing his dad in the corner screaming throughout the fight, just willing him to victory. It was very impressive, and honestly, as much as we did uh, get hit a little bit on this card, we didn't fall for this Alonzo Menafield trap, so I'm at least happy about that. Mike, anything about this very entertaining fight, actually, but uh, anything specific, uh, how Devin Clark looked? I know we were a little bit low on Devin Clark, but obviously no bet of any type on this one. Yeah, it was actually pretty impressive, the grit and determination that uh, Devin Clark had after he got his orbital socket broken. Most people would quit and and find a way out, and he, he really mustered up some strength and some courage and, and just kept pushing because that, that shit's ridiculous, man, having your whole orbital socket uh, misplaced and uh, in pieces and crunching back and forth every time it gets hit. So uh, I, 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 <clears throat> I didn't have it for Clark. I, I had it kind of more of as a draw. I thought Menafield did more damage and uh, definitely had him in a worse positions. But because Menafield kind of gassed towards the end, I could see how the volume might have uh, edged it. So that's why I more or less wanted a draw. But it is what it is. And Menafield will learn a lot from it. And it just it, it was a little bit less lackluster than I wanted because Menafield kind of cheeseballed. Yeah, especially in the latter goings there, definitely gassed out. But he was putting everything on those those early punches uh next up was of all of the bets that we lost which is hard saying that because it's honestly just a bad night for us but we came off an amazing night and you know we'll get it back in this next one this one i to me hurt the most although i think there was one later on that i still think we actually won but we'll get to that later um <laughs> juicy formiga was a slight dog here plus 115 against alex perez uh, minus 135, we had a bet on UCA Formiga, the juicy one. We had one unit on him to win 1.5. We did not get that. Um, the Nearly the entire first round, obviously it ended in the first round, but uh, well, this into the second. It was an all-standing affair. It's uh, like Formiga almost didn't even try to go for the takedown, but Perez very early on was punishing that leg of Formiga who was still coming forward, but, like, just... He wasn't checking a single leg kick. He tried to, like, back up away from it one time, but he wasn't checking them at all and just taking them full force. And then, yeah, he just went... He went down from the leg kick once, and then uh, in the end of the, in the beginning of the second, and then later on in the second, just went down completely, and they ended up calling the fight. So it's, it's always frustrating. One, it actually was looking fairly close, other than those shots that were hitting. And just to see him just fall onto his back like that and not give up because I would bet he probably has a torn something or other, but I don't know. It just for that part, super frustrating for me. Um, Mike, anything specific on this one or just sharing the frustration? Ah, oh, man, I'm fucking totally frustrated, man. I just, for me, just, I don't even know what the fuck he's doing. He didn't seem to want to be there a hundred percent. Didn't seem confident. Didn't seem to want to kill anybody. If I would have saw that type of attitude, I would have that that would have just literally brought me back to my, drop the two guys in an alley and who's coming out of there and I, and Perez would have came out of there if if I knew that Formiga wasn't going to come in there with enough aggression, with a terrible game plan. I just didn't like it at all in general, but nothing to take away from Alex Perez because that dude's gas tank is absolutely incredible. I always say Hispanics have some of the best gas tanks, and you never can count them out, especially their striking. 
and the determination. And uh, Formiga found out that, that out the hard way. And, and Alex has been here for a long time, training with some of the best in the world. Started down uh, in Mexico and then went to Alliance MMA with Dominic Cruz and Eric Del Fiero, who my brother's uh, old coach was when he was younger. So, I mean, he surrounds himself with great people and uh, he's learned a lot. And it's pretty impressive, but uh, I'd like to see him versus some real savage and we'll see what's up. Yeah, always. He's definitely ready. Mm, excuse me. Definitely ready for a step up. I mean, I thought Formiga was going to be that, but I guess a further step up to see just where his ceiling or really is. Uh, next up, we had the guy who I could not remember for the life of me win a fight. <laughs> Charles Bird was a minus one seventy favorite, and the underdog Mackie Batolo plus one fifty got the first round TKO, ground and pound. Uh, great finish, exciting enough, and you know what? I guess I'm going to remember Mackie Patolo this time. <laughs> Mike, any uh, thoughts on the finish or just Mackie Patolo in general? Um, I'm going to give myself a lot of credit for the fact that I, we didn't know who the fuck we were talking about. And just because the simple fact that I saw that my dude was Polynesian, Hawaiian, and uh, from the islands... I backed my boy, I said I'd back my boy, and that motherfucker showed up and did work. So you never doubt the 808 and those island strong boys, and they're always gonna, I'll always have their back uh, via Kendall Grove, um, Troy Rude Boy Mandalones, uh, BJ Penn, and uh, my, the OG uh, himself, Barrett, the master Yoshida, who came from over there. So I absolutely love the 808 boys. I always have your back, I always will, and uh, we're just huge fans of you guys so stoked that Patolo won and I uh, just wish that I would have done a little bit more study on him because I love them Samoan Polynesian dudes and that would have been definitely would have been a nice underdog play for us um Cody Stamen uh we didn't go over this last time actually I didn't know the bit of news but the week or a week just before the fight his younger brother died in his sleep still continued with the weight cut the training camp and fought Brian Kelleher and won a clear unanimous decision victory. Stay composed and fully with it the entire time, not backing down, and actually seemingly to go for the finish, which was great because one big knock on him has in the past been that he does not go for the finish, and he's just decision machine. Yes, he got the decision here, but like was actively going for the finish. Brian Kelleher is just one tough SOB. And then the moment he, the fight was over, and obviously it was clear that he won, he just went down to his knees and just started sobbing. And man, it was one of the more emotional, uh, even interviews. Whether it, even though it wasn't directly in person, they were going back to the interviews on separate cameras. But even then, it was it was quite a bit of an emotional roller coaster, and just Cody looking fantastic. And I know this was at 45. They both agreed to go up to 45 for this fight. But, I mean, he's he's in that mix of dangerous top 10 35ers that we'll get to plenty of them later on. Mike, how'd you feel about this performance and just dealing with something like that going into one of the bigger fights of your career? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super impressive for someone to be, uh, hold their mental state up and strength to get through uh, that type of uh, moment because it's it's hard enough just to go through your daily routine when you lose someone or you have something in the family that's uh, holding you back mentally. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, pretty good. I, I But once again, it was Cody Stamen, world-class wrestler. I, did, he, did he take him down any of the times? I, I still don't remember. He got him down a little bit, but it was, it was predominantly a striking affair. Yeah. I just pretty dominant just, there. I, and it's fine, but I mean, 
you have that world-class wrestling and you're doing good standing, so just throw in a takedown every once in a while to get that scorecard fully uh, on your side, you know what I mean? It's That's what bothers me with Stamen. I, I talked about it last time on the podcast. Great wrestling, great single leg, great double leg, great work ethic. His striking lacks just a hair, but he just, I, I, when I want a world-class wrestler, I want three takedowns, one every round. Especially to seal the deal, like you said, and what will open up your striking that much more is the threat of the takedown, even if it's a fake shoot to an overhand or just finishing off a combination with a takedown because you get to a point where they're just defending the strike so much they leave themselves open for a takedown so i completely agree with you mike it definitely puts stamps on rounds uh, even though people say you can't steal rounds i don't know talk to any judge that judges MMA fights because they have tendency to lean that way i'm not saying that they should i'm just saying that they do uh next up ian heinish First, Gerald Mershart, the fight that was on, the fight that was off, the fight that was back on again. Um, one of the corners had tested positive for COVID, and this fight was going to get scrapped. And we're actually going to talk about a fighter going into this next event called Anthony Ivy. He was pulled in to replace, but then you know what? Turned out it was a false positive, so the fight's back on with like 24, 36 hours remaining. And none of that all matters because Heinish gets that TKO with an overhand right and grabbed a pound in back. the first round and just killed him. Like I, it was, it's a fast fight. It's a quick fight. It's an exciting fight. Mike, tell me about the fight. Oh, man, that's exactly what I said, man. I, I, I said that GM3 is not as hard as Ian Heinich. You put Ian Heinich and GM3 down an alleyway in the middle of New York at 1 a.m., and I'm telling you, Ian Heinich coming out of there whooping GM3's ass every single day, 10 times out of 10. There's just a a certain level of just savagery, and uh, GM3 doesn't have it. He's got great athleticism, and he's a great athlete, and he works hard. Not taking any away from that, but what I like to bet on is straight savages who are coming in there to kill, smash, going there to go out on the shield. I mean, that's what I love to see. I'm not going in there for a safe fighter who's going to lay on their back and hope for a submission in round three. No, this was... Completely one-way traffic. I think Mirshart landed like two body kicks for the most part. And then, yeah, it was all coming from the other way. Fantastic finish. Just barreling straight at him. Uh, Next up, Chase Hooper. Everyone's favorite little brother, 20-something-year-old. He was a minus 165 favorite versus Alex Caceres. Yes, you did. You absolutely did. Caceres at the plus 145. Well, Bruce Leroy got the unanimous decision in your second fight. In your second fight in the UFC, you're 20 years old. You're fighting a 20-something fight veteran. They're just that's thrown into the deep end. I mean, Chase Hooper's good on the ground, and he has he is he absolutely is. And there was a few spots, and Caceres likes to give up submissions in fights he's winning, and it almost seemed like it was leading that way at one point. But I mean, Caceres just far and away the better fighter here, and. Man, this was just way too much for Chase Hooper, way too soon. I'm pretty sure we both said it on the show beforehand. I think I still ended up picking Hooper, but I said this is just a gigantic step up with someone with so much more experience, and you were right on it with Caceres. So, Mike, tell me about this fight. Like, with terrible matchmaking, if you really want to have Hooper be a guy, or is this just always a matchup that's going to kill him? I mean, uh, to me, this is absolutely terrible matchmaking, man. Uh, This is a, a very similar thing about putting two guys in an alley, and you have the sweet kid, Chase Hooper, who is definitely talented. He's worked hard. Um, he's probably had a great life, has both mommy and daddy, and every, everything's working out real fine. 
Uh, but Alex Osiris has been fighting in the streets of Miami with Kimbo Slice and George Masvidal since ever since. He's been put in situations with guys bigger than him. He's been doubted X amount of times. Uh, it, it's it, it was crazy to me to see that line. I even told her. I said I wanted to bet Alex Osiris. I wanted. I wanted. I just wanted to so badly. But the the little bit of submission weaknesses that he has, the fact that he taps, I don't bet tappers, and it's just really hard for me. But either way, I didn't see the value in Chase Hooper at all, and uh, that Alex Caceres, uh had it all, and that was that. That's that example of the OG versus the new guy. I finally uh, stuck with that, and and there you go. Well, you know what. The next fight, the OG got killed. <laughs> he just got he got straight murdered. Um, Sugar Sean O'Malley was minus four seventy five favorite, which we said was way, way too steep. At least I know I did. Uh, against Eddie Wineland, one time I think the original WEC bantamweight champion was plus three eighty. Sugar Sean stayed at distance. Uh, he stayed out of the center of the octagon. Was landing pretty well. Eight like one decent left from Wineland. And then just one right cross straight to the jaw, Eddie Wineland, put him out in the first, walk off KO. It was impressive. I didn't think O'Malley had that type of finishing ability uh, in terms of his strikes. I knew he had a little bit of tricky ground game here and there, but uh, came away from that utterly impressed. And man, his ceiling is way higher than I thought it was going to be. So I'm excited to see him fight some more upper echelon 35ers. Mike, how'd you feel about... Sugar, uh, putting it to Mr. Mustache. Yeah, man, I've been a Sugar Sean fan for a while. What what really just worries me is the lack of competition in X amount of years, and so I don't really get to fully trust his body. And uh, I, I was worried about the fact that uh, you know when he he fought Sukumtoth, he ended up injuring his leg, even kicking so aggressively. And he's not the biggest, thickest guy, and uh, like I'm not with my lower body. And so, you know, those, you have the small little, you know, not to be disrespectful, those chicken legs. Those chicken legs hurt, man, when they get kicked. And so I, I was more worried about worried about that sense of a thing. But th- this is the sugar, the sugar show time. And he, he's going to be a big, big star if they keep pushing him in the right way. I absolutely love how he's honest. I mean, the big generation with uh, MJ is, is getting bigger and bigger with medicinal uh, properties being proven to help people. And uh, I just absolutely love free thinkers. And, and when we have these stars because they're, they're super super fun especially when they believe in themselves and obviously and there's been there i think there was one picture in particular but just in general circulating uh, about sugar sean beforehand he has definitely put on some muscle so i think he's real he has realized some of his weakness in that regard and is trying to fill out more but i don't know man, man that body type is really starting to come along uh, at 35 like he has a very similar body type Less muscle, obviously, but similar body type as uh, Aljamain Sterling, who we'll get to uh, a little bit later on. But just, yeah, utterly impressed with that uh, performance. Next up, this was another bet. This one I actually thought we won. Um, I was very convinced that we got two out of the, the first two out of the three rounds. This but is why I, I hate Rocco Martin. Oh, yeah. But, dude, he, as I'm going through, I felt so safe. I mean, the second round was closer, but I felt so safe. And then a it went draw. away. It a went, draw. It went, it went away. Can Whatever. Neil draw? Magny was a slight favorite. Um, I guess medium at minus 140. We had Anthony Rocco Martin at plus 120. Confident in him. Two units on him. Confident in him. Looked good the first round. He was ahead. Even 
he was ahead in uh, in between round live betting. I think he was like a minus one fifty favorite after the first, and almost a two hundred after the second. Take down the second. Magny got the decision, and I'm I'm sorry. I I've rewatched it. I've try, I'm trying my best not to be biased. I really am trying my best not to be biased and try to see it for Magny, and I can't see it. I would say at worst, I'd agree, at worst, I'd agree with you and have it as a draw, and I would say the vast majority of the time I would give that to Rocco Martin. So so, so do we do Conspiracy Corner right now? Because I have a little bit of it up. Sure, I'll give that to you. You go for it. Okay. So, I mean, it it's, it's just really weird that Anthony Rocco Martin is on his last fight I was final of the contract and they, they put him up against the guy who they know is going to be not the easiest fight. Right. And I, I, I'm not, I mean, we know these judges are crooked. We all fucking know this. I, I, this, the, the proof of that is we've all watched fights where there's a 30, 27 card. It should never, ever have happened. Okay. Why does that happen? Because money rules all there's influences from, uh, casinos, uh, you know, on offshore casinos, all kinds of places, right? There was there. I, I want to start paying more attention to um, how many fights are left on each of these contracts, Bob. I, I'm sick of. I I've, I can't tell you how many times I've got bet on the fighter with one fight left and he loses. It's so often, and I don't know this. I, I a lot of times this is very rare information. So I didn't know that until the fight starts. And when, I, I don't like that situation because the reason why I don't like it is because the UFC is a business. They're, they're negotiating in the sense of, all right, oh, oh, you want a new contract coming up? Cool. Uh, now fight a savage. You, you better, you're going to do good or bad. You lose against the savage. Now you get less negotiating power, right? And most of the time they match up against the guy that's, who's, they, they feel is going to be even or close. And then they, those judges, right? sway it and it's just it's just it's gross dude and uh it just so happened to be Rocco's last fight I, I'd like it to be a draw I hate sounding like a pussy so we'll move on from it but uh I it is it's gross dude I'm sorry yeah definitely um it was just just when I was starting to get in on the Anthony Rocco Martin train I mean I had we were so far against Tony Martin, and then when he switched to Anthony Rocco, we we dissed him so hard in that. I'm done with him. And then he finally started like coming along, and yeah, he, we're ben, putting we're putting him on the list. We're putting ben him on the Rothwell, no bet list. Ben Rothwell list, OSP oh, yeah. list, mm-hmm. uh, Gregor Gillespie list, all kinds of people on that list. Darko Stasiak. Oh, Darko. Uh, we got like we got we got solid ten people on our never bet list. At some point, we will post the people that we never bet, just to keep us honest. So, just so if, if honest. as as fans, if you guys are listening, if you could mm-hmm. if you could help, and if you ever see the contracts, uh, how many fighters each contract has before the event starts, if you guys could ever Twitter us that, uh, message us that, it could help Bob and I kind of decipher uh, picks a little bit better because I factor in all that stuff, man. I factor in who's got the the more connection to. Uh, WGME and and it, it all makes sense, man. Oh, absolutely. Next up, this was another rough one. Back to back rough ones for us. <laughs> uh, Aljamain Sterling just comes out like a bat Ruined. out of hell, straight Ruined across the cage. Never gives Corey Sanhagen time to establish his distance for his strikes. And immediately puts him in danger, hops on his back like a backpack, starts going for the rear naked, pulls him down to the ground, and then slowly, methodically, with punching, 
gets into that position. Granted, it was only like a minute and a half fight. By, and by slow and methodically, I just mean he didn't rush it. He waited and he got a spot before they even got a sweat. So it was just it was super gross. locked. It was super locked on right there in the first round for the rear naked choke. Um, I still think Sanhagen has a really, really bright future, man. Like he has, he has all those skills. But I guess we're we're maybe a year or two too early for where he's gonna be. And Sterling's that guy now. So I mean, kudos to Aljamain Sterling. Um, I always really liked him. I just thought this spot was going to be... I thought he was just going to get kept that distance with jabs and everything like that, but he never even gave Sanhagen time to establish that, which, I mean, kudos on him. That was the appropriate game plan, so... It makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> That's like my brother when he fought Yoshiyuki Yoshida after a winning fight of the night versus J-Rock. We're all fired up. He's all cocky, way too cocky, you know, so stupid. He, uh, I remember before the fights, he's all he's like, oh, I'm going to get my hair done, get it all styled up. And he gets that stupid ice glue uh, gel, you know? Um, yeah, no, I got gotcha. so, Dude, so sticky, bro. He, he does <laughs> I, I, I used to have that. I know what yeah, you're he, <laughs> dude, Yeah, my brother's a pro fighter, but you're like, dude, you're an idiot. Let's uh, just shave your head. How about that, dummy? And uh, so he puts this, uh, he had a faux hawk. If you go back to the fight, he, he puts that ice glue gel in every time because he got to look all pretty and fancy and cute, which is fucking retarded. Uh, I was trying to say, just, you know, that's just not relevant. So either way, he puts that stuff in. And if anyone's ever used that glue stuff gel, ever that shit is sticky sticky for real will hold your shit back so my and brother it burns that fight. when you start sweating it into your eyes something fierce yeah. so my brother entered that fight with yoshiki yoshida and instantly uh to yoshiki's uh, credit they they studied my my brother's uh takedown um the way he, he throws an overhand right and then he, he does a takedown well they instantly uh drilled an anaconda choke and that ended up locking, you know, it locks up the, the head. And then then that you're trying to slip your head out of there for, to get it out. And it's just it would not come out, man. He, it was it was 30 seconds of fighting. I couldn't even tell what was happening from the stands. And then all of a sudden, dude, uh, my brother's unconscious because he doesn't tap. But at least he was a soldier. But it was a, a huge lesson that uh, we learned and he learned. And I, I just I just wish that he took things more professional. And like I tell uh, like I I tweeted chase hooper just get the fuck off the internet dude go train don't worry about these peons on the internet who ain't gonna be nobody absolutely and he'll get there at some point so it's so damn young um sorry it's 20 years old it kind of blows my mind there a little bit um in the co-main event rafael sunsal one of my old-time favorites uh, at 35 he was a slight dog against cody garbrand minus 145 one main reason we completely stayed away from this fight is the age of a Sun Sao and the past performances of Garbrandt. Uh, I honestly cannot remember what we... Do you remember what we picked for this fight? I'm spacing. We didn't bet it. I know that much, but I can't remember who we picked. Um, I, I Specifically, I, I can't say off the top of my head. I, I've i been a Garbrandt fan since the beginning mm-hmm. because of the two fights with uh, TJ, with EPO... Um, it's it's certainly not fair. I, I can't I can't say those two losses would have happened. Um, it, EPO is such a strong strong substance. It's it's way beyond testosterone and 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 anabolic steroids. And so uh, it, it, it that just totally makes you not even be able to think properly. Um, we didn't trust his chin, so I don't believe I don't believe I took him. I think the safer bet was a Sun Xiao. But if I went back. Uh, 
I mean, we'll, we'll look, but I think we want Asuncio for the safety. Yeah, I think I went Asuncio if I remember right. But I remember saying, because it is true, and it ended up happening in this fight, is the biggest way to get Garbrandt going, unless he's past that, which may, maybe he is. Here's hoping that he is with the new training and everything like that. Dude, that knockout? You, I know, but you need to be able to hit him with power and authority, which makes him see red and throw with reckless abandon and not skilled. Yeah. But that didn't have, Asensio doesn't have that kind of power. And no. man, yeah, that, that, that was a filthy knockout from Garbrandt. Garbrandt looked it, great the whole it fight. Really weird. It, it's It's... It was really unconventional. He must have planned for it specifically because the way he ducked out of the way and then launched up and through the right, like mm-hmm. any most fighters would know, like you're coming with something from the right side at that moment, you know? And it's still, he reached out and still caught Asuncio on his chin. And it was sick at the end of the bell, man. It was, it was I mean, that after the O'Malley one and uh, the Garbrandt one, I, I was, it was stoked. Well, I can't, I would only imagine that's because this was the first first full full training camp that he was with mark henry so i can only imagine that, that was a mark henry combo that they had set oh, up yeah. that they saw that a sun Sal was yeah. susceptible to but i mean kudos to garbrandt because i'm mark off, the t- off the top of my head um i can double check but i'm fairly confident that a sun Sal has never been ko'd in the ufc no, i don't I believe it. for sure not in the ufc maybe before that but so that that was impressive so i mean Garbrandt's coming back, and he's still young, so that's great. I mean, Asuncio was 35, 36 or older going into this fight, whereas Garbrandt's still in his late 20s, so he's still got quite a few years in him if he's doing it right, and it looks like he is. So kudos to Garbrandt. Here's hoping he is a mainstay again, and man, this 35 division is hopping. Uh, In the main event, it's pretty much what everyone thought. I mean, other than the fact that there wasn't a finish, but... I know for sure I said I thought it was going to at least go quite a few rounds, if not go to decision. Um, Amanda Nunez was a huge favorite, and she looked like a huge favorite. And just Felicia Spencer didn't look like she was in there at all. Amanda Nunez early wanted to show that she had the dominance in the takedown and on the ground and kind of took that away from Spencer. And then it was just kind of downhill after that for her. Uh, Anything to say about the main event, or just is it pretty straightforward? Ah, man, it was exactly what we said. That's Amanda Nunez, the GOAT. They've been setting her up uh, to be that. There's no reason not to after she's done such dominant performances. She's beaten the best of the best. Cyborg, Holly Holm, uh, I believe Misha Tate, if I go back, uh, GDR. It's it's impressive, man. She's so, so impressive. And not to mention, she's led a movement uh, that most people don't agree with. Um, And uh, you got to respect that because... I don't like people that all think the same way uh, in the world. You got to be different. I don't want everybody trying to be the same person. That's when you get robots and zombies. Everyone's meant to uh, get created to be their own unique self and and to explore their own ideas. And and it's just you know it's cool to see. You know, completely agree. I mean, and she needs. I hope at some point she hits some level of consistent fame. Do you want that? Because then when they retire from fighting, they have other things going on. And she hasn't made crazy paydays, but I mean, she's probably made some decently good money. She's supposed to, uh, I believe said she's going to take about a year off from both divisions. I mean, they, her and Nina Ansaroff got a baby on the way and give both divisions time to actually get 
some contenders for her to fight. Um, congrats, congratulations to them too on the baby because uh, babies obviously lighten up the whole world. Uh, if you have one, I know that can be some trouble uh, for your sleep pattern <laughs> and uh, yeah. sexual patterns after you had the baby. It's amazing. You go and you're like, oh, I got this beautiful girl. We got all this sex. And then you have the baby and you're like, oh, we don't have sex no more ever. And I barely sleep. <laughs> that's what happens with kids. It's just kind of what happens. No, dude, that's serious. I tell my girl, I said, you know, you look really good for other people to think that I bone you. And <laughs> I, I, you just look really good. But in all seriousness, just it looks good. We'll, ju- we'll just stick with that she looks good. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I want her to look good. I tell her, I don't like girls that have uh, mm-hmm. attitudes and are snotty. I like, I tell her, if, if, if you see Bob on the street and he gives you a smile, you give him that same smile and energy back, right? I don't want him thinking you're some snotty, uh, prissy girl who doesn't have the energy to give love. You know, like women. Good. I, I know you're gonna get you get in trouble with this, but the women, <laughs> I've, the women that I've been raised with, the, their their qualities, they're so sweet. I, I I just adore them. You know. Well, we are gonna jump to a card. Headlined by such no, I don't, I don't. Maybe one Sorry of those. Doctor Michael's corner. Maybe when maybe one of these ladies uh, falls in that category. Before we get there, sorry, I'm still, I'm trying not to dump on the this entire next card. Oh, dude, the, the main event is ridiculous. Honestly, but, the whole oh, fight oh, card is a little bit rough, and, but that's only because up. even the next card is a lot better. And, <laughs> the, and, the June twentieth card is fantastic. <laughs> a COVID corner update um, from the non-drinker Michael. I didn't even I didn't drink before COVID. Still, I drink three to five Trulies every night. <laughs> there might be two shots. I'm just being honest, guys. I know. I, I mean, this has come from a guy who barely ever drank. Once a month, they put me on COVID. They said, "Hey, you're in the union. You're, you're in the union getting paid. They go home and hang out, and have fun." It's like I'm 17 years old in high school. <laughs> I, I, it needs to end. Uh, I'm with all of that minus what I might be drinking and still going to work. But, but we're happy. But we're happy. <laughs> we're happy. Like, yeah, no, in the I, sense of Bob and I, we were lucky to have uh, two best friends that we have as companions. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love our kids. Uh, we try everything we can for them. And, and because they see that we love the, the mom, it just goes trickles down in effect. And that's why we're just so stoked to come do this show. We're stoked mm. to talk to you guys. If you guys need advice about anything, man, we're, we're always here. This will be a little bit different podcast today because I'm, I don't know why Dr. Phil Michael decided to come. <laughs> uh, Dr. Mike MD, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, we're jumping to this Ivers Calvillo card on ESPN Plus. So at least you got, you're not paying pay per view price for this one. Uh, starting right off the bat. Did, did you say I? Yeah, Ivers Calvillo, just like, guy. I, like who? <laughs> just like, guy. I, I, no, I know, I know, but like I, I, I've been following MMA for a long time, and I'm like main event. Yeah, I know. And it's not. She's trying to get a title. A title. I wish you guys, this is I wish legit. You guys could see my video, of my face. This is legit, right like a fight it, that's it, happening. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> his eyes are bugging up his head right now because this is literally his eyes are bugging out of his head and both Videos. of them are bigger stars than just guy. <laughs> my big my big old green eyes are bugging out but the uh, point is we're gonna have videos soon for you guys to start seeing my crazy facial expressions because it's gonna get even better yeah we've been doing some tests with uh finally i'm working with a computer where i got a good camera going and once we get everything set up we'll have that going so baby steps baby steps but we're making a big jumps from where we used to be well uh 
someone else who's making a big jump is Anthony Ivy. He was going to step in for said Heinish Mearshart fight that was in jeopardy, and they signed him, and he's going to fight. But you know, then the fight's okay. So you know what? They kept him with a contract, and the very next card they put him on. He is a minus 195 favorite for Christian Aguilera, who's plus 160. This seems like a gift to me. They're trying to get Ivy a win as a thank you for stepping in and all that jazz. Uh, you'll notice a lot on this card, other than ones we have bets on and maybe one or two others. This is going to be a pretty much just quick picks type card uh, after we need to go so in-depth in 250 because 250 was so crazy. Yeah, we're going to be skipping over a lot of stuff. So I'm picking Ivy just because... I do think this is just a UFC throwing him a bone. Mike, how are you going with uh, the first fight of this immaculate fight card? Yeah, I think I'm going to roll with Anthony Ivey, too. I just think that he's got a little bit more skills and a little bit more aggression, and, and that will end up uh, winning the fight. But uh, I, this isn't one of those fights where I would want you to, to follow my pick specifically. When I like a fight, we will have a bet on it. And if when I love a fight, and that's when we use the max bet stuff. So these are just picks. Completely agree. Like we, we always say with a preface, any fight that we're just giving picks out, if you already have a lean that way and that tips you over the edge, go team. But there are picks for a reason and not bets for a reason. Uh, so comparison. Next fight up. Jordan Griffin is a minus 165 favorite versus Derek Minner. Minor, however that goes. He is plus 145 underdog. Derek Minner likes to get subbed. Jordan Griffin likes to sub, and you know what? On the regional scene, he subbed Derek Minner. So I think he's going to do that again. I really do. Not just history is going to repeat itself on Saturday night. Uh, that's why even Jordan Griffin uh, inside the distance is minus 105. I would assume sub is probably about the same, if not slight plus money. So you're not getting much more bang for your buck to go with a very specific prop like that. So I'm going to stick with Jordan Griffin to get a sub. I'll say second round. Mike, Griffin Minner. Um, if I had to pick one on this one, uh, Jordan Griffin, he's got a much better gas tank. He, he's got uh, better striking to me, and, and he's got a better longevity. So I think that he's going to be able to pull off this fight and probably most likely decision. Next up, hey, look at that. We do have a bet on this fight card. <laughs> I didn't want to leave you guys completely hanging, and there are some good spots on this one. Let me quick edit these odds i always have in my notes the odds as i make the notes and slight edits as we do the show if they've been updated and this is one of those situations where it's been updated so ryan benoit is a minus 120 favorite versus tyson nam who is plus 100 tyson nam was a big standout in secondary organizations uh, had a bit of a skid for a while where he was losing and almost like his chin was getting shaky Rattle off a couple wins, and you know what? Now he's in the UFC. Um, probably 10 years too late, but or at least five years too late, but he's here. Uh, Brian Benoit has some serious power in his hands. He's put out Sergio Pettis, as well as some other decent sized name people. Uh, he's got, he packs a punch. He obviously has his shortcomings, but so is Tyson Nam, but he is faster, stronger, and more powerful than Tyson Nam. Mike, I'll give this to you for a breakdown and to give the bet since this was the one that you were for. Yeah, uh, Brian uh, Ryan Benoit is uh, just going to be just uh, to me have a much better scramble ability and, and to me a better gas tank. He's t to me been in there a little bit more experience, and that uh, I, I just think that 
American wrestling versus uh, non. It, it, I just absolutely love the when someone has the scramble American wrestling BJJ, and so I'd I'd have to go with Benoit with the experience to to be able to handle this. Uh, the only the only thing that I could see is, is uh, Tyson getting lucky with a strike, but I, I really don't see that going on. I, I believe that Ryan Benoit is the more experienced fighter. He's got the better ground game and uh, for sure the better scramble ability. Uh, it's just all going to depend on uh, all these fighters coming in on COVID. Are they in shape? Because some of them are just looking sloppy. But I, I expect Ryan Benoit, because these guys are smaller, to come in uh, in nice shape. And our bet on that fight is Ryan Benoit, Benoit, again, sorry, some people don't know how to pronounce their own last names, and I'm pretty sure he's a Benoit, even though it's Benoit. Uh, he, we have 1.2 units at the minus 120 to win one unit. That is our first bet of two on this fight card. Next up, Julia Avila is a minus 485, yes, the biggest favorite on the card, versus Gina Mazzani. Was plus 385 for obvious reasons. Julia Avila, although she doesn't have a lot of fights in the UFC, she has a win over a lot of big names in the UFC before they were in the UFC. She has win over Marion Renault and Nico Montano, and she's better <laughs> than Gina Mazzani, uh, who I have never been too high on, so I'll go with Avila. Surprise, surprise, at the minus 485. <laughs> My quick pick on this uh, female fight. Yeah, on this fight, I think that uh, Julia Avila um, is going to have everything and anything for Gina Mazzani. I think that it will be most likely a decision win for Avila. Most of these women's fights uh, tend to go three rounds. I don't like the negative 485 price tag, but I'm not sure what the to, uh, for her to win a decision is. But I really feel like uh, it, it should be simple for her. I was quick double-checking those odds for you. Um, apparently, they think she's going to win by uh, get a finish. Uh, Julia Avila by... Julia Avila, sorry about that, by decision is plus 172. So actually, I'm fairly surprised on that, but they must just must think that she's going to completely and utterly steamroll Gina Mazzani, which is also possible, I suppose. <laughs> uh, next up, Charles Rosa, who for a long time I was fairly high on. Uh, that's pre long-term back injury and being out of stuff. Uh, he's a plus 150 underdog versus Kevin Aguilar, minus 170. I do like Charles Rosa's boxing. Um, he is a hard-nosed fighter. He'll go for broke. He can take a shot. I mean, Brian Mitchell just styled on him, but... Sorry, Bryce. Bryce Mitchell's styled on him, but we're starting to learn that Bryce Mitchell has a lot more in the can than we all thought he did. Um, Kevin Aguilar's good, but I guess I'll pick Rosa. Um more because I want him to win uh, than anything. This kind of is his lowest caliber of ath uh, fighter that he's fought in the recent past. And I think if he can't beat Kevin Aguilar, then I don't know. UFC Borline has to t uh, cut ties with Charles Rosa. So I'll pick Charles Rosa with much trepidation. Mike, pick on Rosa versus Aguilar. Yeah, man, I'm on this one. I think that Charles Rosa has just a little too much experience. He's been training with uh, some of the best in the world over on the East Coast, uh, and it's it's gonna show. I, I don't see how Kevin Aguilar is going to show Charles Rosa anything he hasn't seen. But uh, I mean, this is MMA, so you, you could see anything. But I I really believe that Charles Rosa is the superior fighter, and he should be able to roll here. Next up, 
a late replacement has Maria Agapova, a minus two twenty-five favorite, versus recently bruised and battered Hannah Cyphers, who is plus one seventy-five, who found herself subbed fairly early goings. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see her pulling it off here. I want to lean towards the upset just because I know I've seen I know more about ciphers than Agapova, but you know what? That's never a good reason to bet someone. So by all means, do not follow my bet or I don't have a bet my pick on this fight because I do not know Maria Agapova well enough to even put an educated pick on here. So screw it. I'll go Hannah Ciphers because farm strength. <laughs> Mike, do you have a pick on Agapova versus ciphers? Yeah, man, uh, this Maria Agapova is a, a super, super tough girl, man. She's ranked number one in the United States, number one in the U.S. Midwest, number one in the Kansas and Missouri area, number one out of Russia. So I, I really am expecting some kind of uh, world-class performance out of this girl with all of those um, you know, accolades behind her uh, being number one. So I, I, I really think uh, Hannah Cypher is definitely a tough girl, farm girl, has a lot of grit and stuff like that. But this is mixed martial arts, and I expect someone like uh, Maria Agapova, if, if that's what she is and considered number one, I expect her to, to act like number one and beat Cyphers. But this is uh, her debut, and anytime that happens, you get deer in headlights. Uh, could roll to a decision and be real fishy. One thing I will say during this corona time of fighting, I think probably the easiest transition for a debuting fighter is how things are now. The fact that they're at the apex, which is a smaller cage and probably the fewest people that will ever be in attendance to watch them fight uh, for the most part. So, but still, it's still the UFC. So obviously bright lights do happen. Next up, Jordan Espinoza is a minus 155 favorite versus Mark De La Rosa plus 135. Espinoza is on a two-fight losing skid. De La Rosa is on a three-fight losing skid and has recently got knocked out in the early goings. Definitely the lesser half of the De La Rosa fighting power couple. Um, uh, Just quick pick, I'll go with Jordan Espinoza. Uh, he has cashed for us in the past as being one of Mike's bets in previous shows. And Mike, I know you are fairly high on Espinoza in terms of his wrestling acumen. So by all means, Mike, break down Jordan Espinoza versus Mark De La Rosa. Yeah, this should be a great matchup. And uh, Jordan Espinoza has shown me some really, really good boxing. And not to mention, I love world-class wrestling and someone that actually implements it into their game plan. So I really feel like uh, Jordan Espinoza's striking is far superior than De La Rosa. His takedown defense is at defense and offense is is way ahead. I, I, I don't see how he doesn't score a 30-27 victory easily over this kid. And, and if not, uh, knock him out with a straight left because because uh, he, he's he's super agile, switches stances some most of the times, and uh, can really lay a haymaker if he wants to. So watch out for that straight left coming through, and also watch out for those takedowns because the kid means business. Next up, we have someone who I was high on, then I was low on. And you know what? I'm back to being high on uh, Andre Feely. He is the minus two twenty five favorite, or is Charles Dordain, who's plus one eighty five. I think Andre Feely has finally become his fully realized self. Um, not saying that's championship caliber, but I'm saying that is top ten to fifteen caliber for sure. Does Charles Dordain belong in that picture? 
as of yet, I do not think so. I think Andre Feely is going to have a field day striking him at range, uh, being able to stay on the feet, throwing the kicks. And I do think Andre Feely should get a clear decision here. Uh, there's no bet on this fight, but in terms of picks, this is probably one of my more strong picks without a bet entailed. Mike, how do you feel about Feely versus Jordan? Um, I really like Feely in the situation in the sense of uh, he's had so much experience. Um, he's learned so much, uh, you know, in the octagon fighting some of the upper class fighters. I, I just see this is his chance to win and showcase his skills. As you see, like Aljo and some of these other guys just getting stronger and stronger as they uh, grow into themselves as uh, from young men to men in this mixed martial arts era, it's it's pretty impressive. So I would have to go with my Islander, the 808 boy, and I'd have to back Feely to go in there and uh, show him the aggression that our island boys do. Next up, Ray Borg is making a fairly quick turnaround. We'll start noticing that more and more with a lot of these Apex fights, given the fact that the UFC doesn't has so many, sounds bad saying it, foreign fighters, but non-US citizen fighters that have to travel for fights and being on lockdown, not able to come here. You're going to see a lot of guys that can fight often will fight often so you're going to see some guys you won't see them for half a year to a year and you'll see other guys probably four to five times in that stint and ray borg is one of them he is a plus 325 underdog versus mareb davishvili actually said that right for once he's minus 400 favorite um borg does better when he has the wrestling advantage he always does he's coming off a split decision loss but man, I think he has Mirab in terms of scrambling ability, um, but in terms of straight wrestling, power, strength, and a lot of other like intangibles, I think Mirab has it. This is super steep uh, of a price um, because of how well Borg can scramble, but he did not look that great last time out, and I do think that's reflective in this price. I think if he would have won his last fight, even in a split decision, as odd as that is, this fight would be much closer, and Marab Davishvili would only be in the minus 2 to 250 range, but you know what? He's not. He's a gigantic favorite that I won't go anywhere near, but I do think he is going to win, so the pick for me is Marab coming off a great time seeing his, uh, his teammate like Aljamain Sterling win and just going forward even further. Mike, where are you for Borg versus Davish Valley? Oh, wow, man. Since Marab started in the UFC and I've seen the determination and the grit and the output that that guy puts out and he never stops and never quits, I, I, I've absolutely loved him and never, ever really jumped off uh, his little bandwagon, gotten screwed a couple times on some close decisions that I should have gotten, but that's the game. I really think that uh, Marab is just has a little bit too much push for Ray Borg. He's going to equal out Ray Borg, if not more on the output. It's going to end up breaking Borg a, a little bit, and if... Uh, Ray has any any mental glitch from something at home, something that's uh, not getting paid enough, whatever he's got going on, it's gonna it's gonna show. And I hope not, but I'm I just I really believe that Marab is the more superior fighter. Uh, most likely pull out a three round decision win, and it's just gonna be a, a great fight with transitions um, and all kinds of action. Next up, the former glory kickboxer Carl Roberson is a plus 180 underdog versus Marvin, the Italian dream Vittori. He's minus 220. And honestly, I think he could be higher. I think this is a very, very clear fight for Vittori. 
obviously I know the first seeking of it. Actually, no, it was the second seeking of it. Um, Robertson is still a f- just a fish out of water when he's put on his back, and I think Vittori is just the type to be able to get him down or pin him up against the cage and just exploit him. He is the bigger, more powerful fighter. Um, I was talking about Mike before this. I don't like to do MMA math because obviously it almost never works, or at least more often than not, depending the type of uh, way you put it in there. But Carl Robertson has since to get taken down and subbed. He does. And uh, Cesar Ferreira was one of the ones to do that to him because Cesar Ferreira is a ridiculously strong 85er who can take a lot of people down. Well, wasn't quite able to do that to Marvin Vittori. Marvin Vittori is a... We'll put it this way. Robertson does not like big, strong grappler types. Could also throw with power. Who am I describing? Marvin Vittori as well as every other person that Carl Robertson has lost to. So um, I'm going with Marvin Vittori here. Um, If he was lower, I would bet bigger, but obviously... Or if we weren't coming off a big loss like last week, I'd probably be bigger on this one also. But I have uh, to win one unit at the minus 220, so that's 2.2 units to win one unit on Marvin Vittori over Carl Robertson. Mike, why do we like Vittori so much? Ah, man, Vittori, you know, he trains with one of the best teams over in the East Coast. Uh, He's been working harder and harder on his game. He's definitely uh, not someone that quits. He's got great, great jujitsu. He works on his striking really well. I, I don't see Robertson having the jiu-jitsu game for Marvin Vittori when he's on the ground. Uh, I, I could see him getting locked up in uh, it, or uh, Vittori's famous little uh, guillotine or something worse. So I really think that Vittori has everything to show here and showcase a win. I think this is his spot to shine. Um, and I, I really love this bet when it comes to it because Marvin Vittori is, uh, to me, the, the real Italian stallion. In the main event of this card, if you can call it a main event, but it's a main event, and I'm sorry for offending those of you who think it should be a main event, we're probably not the same type of fans. Either way, Jessica I is a minus 120 favorite for Cynthia Calvillo, who's plus 100. Jessica I is a long-time flyweight who had to jump up to bantamweight, one eventually going to the UFC. Uh, back in Bellator, she was a 125er. Cynthia Calvillo is a strawweight who can't seem to consistently make strawweight, so they're making her fight at flyweight. That's probably the most interesting part about this fight. Uh, Jessica I is kind of an all-around fighter. She's the build-a-fighter. She is uh, like a six uh, at everything. Uh, maybe with a little, like maybe a six and a half. Uh, in striking, if you don't count power, because that's not where it's at, but maybe she can throw a little bit more in combination than the typical uh, flyweight fighter. Cynthia Calvillo is similar, with but her her bigger stress is in the ground game. Uh, she's younger. She has a bigger upside. The fact that this is at 125 and she's being forced to go there has me hesitant to stay away from Cynthia Calvillo, so I don't, I don't have a bet on this fight whatsoever. Uh, I'm just going to go with Cynthia just because I... Th- to see her having a bigger upside and she still has room to grow whereas I has been at her highest level she'll ever get at for a few years now so pick is Kelvio but very real possibility it's a super close split decision fight so I would not bet on this fight if you paid me to bet on this fight because whichever side you pick there's a solid chance you might lose a split Mike this main event how do you how do you feel about it who you picking and then the fight's over which is probably the better part definitely one of the worst main events i've ever had to pick uh it's 
stupid and gross, and I don't even know what they're doing with these two, but I'm going to go with Calvillo. I think she has uh, a little bit more to offer. But uh, once again, uh, I's just an OG. She's been here with a lot of the upper echelon women fighters. It wouldn't surprise me for her to win a, de- a decision win, but uh, Calvillo, to me, is the better fighter, and I I would like to see Calvillo win, so I, I think that she would. So to recap, our two bets for this fight card is Benoit, minus 120 to win one unit, and Vittori, minus 220 to win one unit. Now, we want to quick give a shout out to Mr. Primetime himself, the owner of the site, the man who is behind the show. He won 10 units. He had a plus 500 times two on Harvick in the last NASCAR race uh we haven't been going too far into going on how much he's been winning because you know what there hasn't been a lot of nascar but you know what? it's one of the f- sports that's actually back so you got to give major credit to the man who's cashing big he has packages available on the web- website uh, mma4money.com for nascar he's a long-term proven winner you can go on there to check it out and it's or if see as many times as we retweet him winning because it just seems to be just about every race if not super super close mike any final thoughts before we do our outro for this show no we just appreciate all you guys listening each week and uh giving bob and i your time so that we could give you our picks uh we do this for you guys and so we give you a better edge on uh, your bets so you don't have to pay money uh we hope you appreciate it and we'll be back every single week to try to do better for you Well, like Mike said, we will be back next week. There are more fights. UFC on ESPN Plus 31, Blades vs. Volkov is June 20th. And man, that fight card is three times as good as this fight card is. So don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice. That would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Straight RSS Feed. We have links for all those. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube for both full-length shows as well as the smaller tidbits that, tidbits that we will shoot out over the course of the week. Like, comment, and share, please. And with that, let's roll. roll.